that it's really the small adjustments that you make in your relationships that have the greatest and biggest long-term impact over time. Parents, it's time to celebrate. The new On Purpose Parents podcast, a Saddleback Parents podcast has arrived and we're here to help you win at parenting. As parents ourselves, we know that parenting is the toughest, most important job on the planet. You can't possibly do it alone. And now you don't have to because we're your people. Connect with us by texting the word parents to the number 83000, visiting us at onpurposeparents.com and tuning in every Wednesday with Kurt, Grace, and Chris for tips, ideas, and encouragement to help you win at being an on-purpose parent. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of our On Purpose Parents podcast. I'm Kurt. This uh, is my I'm good Grace. friend, Grace. Over in the corner yeah, is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Producer me, baby. Chris. <laughs> Producer Chris coming in very happy today. Um, by the way, this is a little bit brand new. Yeah. This is, what, our fifth episode or so, and we have moved into a different studio. We have. We commandeered and kind of an empty office in the church, and we turned it into our On Purpose Parents podcast studio. That sounds so formal. I know. It's fancy. Look at us. And we also, if you are a visual learner, if you care about seeing what you're listening to, you can go and jump over and watch and listen to this podcast on iTunes. Not on iTunes. <laughs> well, you can listen you on could. iTunes. You can watch on YouTube right. because we are officially now posting our podcast every Wednesday on YouTube. You can subscribe yeah. right there, all the good stuff. So those of you watching, hello, Hi. welcome, welcome. Good to see you. We have <laughs> purposely kept producer Chris off camera. So not cool. But mostly just because the studio is very tight and very small. But he's like the voice of God now whenever true. Chris speaks. He just kind of comes in. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see it. You just hear it. Yeah. Yeah. It's that powerful. will be good. Are you listening, Lord? Are you speaking, Lord? It's your servant. I feel like you threw that, in some yeah. kind of fat joke there. Like I'm too big to be in the frame. Oh, no, no, no. no. That was Chris. That was producer Chris. That was not my intent. My, no, no. no. My that was not my intent. We didn't have room for you because we have this six foot by six foot square table in between Grace and I. There's no I room for Chris. I I actually stole that from one of our common areas. And I, what, oh, wow. this thing? Yeah, I went hunting through the offices. And it's so un, resourceful. It's, it's uncommonly large. <laughs> Someone so, is missing a table. They're like, hey, where's my table? Where is my table? <laughs> okay, well, hey, we're going to jump in today, and we're going to do something different. And we'll do these from time to time. From time to time, we'll, we'll sort of have a, a run of episodes around a kind of a singular topic, yeah. almost like a series, almost like a podcast series. And so that's what we're going to do for the next three or four episodes, yeah. the next three or four Excited. weeks. We're going to do a series that we're basically calling boosting your relationships. Mm. And we're going to talk about in, in the world of raising kids, as you're raising kids, how do you boost relationships with your kids? How do you boost relationship with your spouse? Yeah. How do you boost the fun in your family? Mm -hmm. All kinds of things. We're going to crank it up a notch. And we're going to boost some important aspects of our family, marriage, and child raising lives yes. together. Yes. And we're each going to, it's going to kind of follow the same format every time, Grace. Mm -hmm. We're both going to come in with two or three tips yep. on that week's topic. Some of the tips might kind of overlap a little bit. Yeah. Because you and I didn't say, hey, what are you yeah. talking about? What are you talking about? Let's make sure we're not talking about the same thing. Right. I have a habit of whenever I go to a conference... Um, or I'm listening to, you know, multiple speakers or trainers. I, I like to listen 
and see if there's a common thread, mm. right? Yeah. Okay, what's a common thread I'm hearing? Because that might be like the Lord saying, hey, pay extra attention yeah. to this. So it's possible that um, as we talk that we might kind of both say similar things, yeah. maybe a little bit differently. Yeah. But that would be maybe a little common thread that maybe the Holy Spirit's going, hey, everybody, pay, pay attention. attention to that one because it's yeah. it's being mentioned more than once. Or not. Or not. Maybe or we're, we're totally or different. We're just, or we're just <laughs> redundant. And But okay, so today's topic is, what is today's topic? Marriage. Oh, marriage. Boosting the spark in our marriages. Boosting the spark in our marriages. Yeah. I've been married for 31 years. Wow. So I could use today's topic. I could use today's topic, I mean, boosting the spark. Kudos to you. That is impressive. That is something to applaud for sure. 31 years. It's amazing. There you go. There it is. Keyed you up. I was slow. I was slow on that. You've been waiting. You've been waiting for Chris to applaud you. you That was a little bit slow, but not bad. It it wasn't bad. You had to give him the the, the little. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's talk. So basically, we've got six ideas between the two of us. Six ideas how parents, while they're raising kids, And it, I'm man, we'll talk about it, but yeah. how do you boost the spark in your marriage when you have a six month old Yeah, is a lot different than when you have a 16 year old yeah. or a 26 year old. Right. I mean, right. the time, maybe even the, the financial resources mm-hmm. are different in each of those seasons, but we're going to kind of shoot for the middle, yeah. maybe give some tips that everybody can, can relate benefit to. from. Yeah. yeah so exactly. why don't you give us yeah. your first tip? So, you know, before I get into the first tip, I do want to just say, you know, Valentine's day is coming up and I think. You know, Valentine's is one of those holidays that when you were maybe younger in your relationship or dating or still like, you know, flirting pretty hard, it was a really exciting holiday. You know, you're like, what's going to happen? But once you get married and you have kids, it's one of those holidays that you feel really disconnected from. Mm. And I think the reality is, is that marriage with kids is hard. Kids like bring this extra strain and extra drain to the relationship. And and I did want to say that this is like actually really well researched and documented that there is this big drop in marital satisfaction in the first few years of having kids. Mm. Um, So I actually like pulled up a study for us. There is a study published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology that tracked couples over a decade. And they found that 90% of couples felt less happy in relationships after having children. So wow, that's a, 90%. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer of a stat. So I don't mean to start this whole off like Debbie <laughs> yeah. Downer, but my point is if you're a parent listening out there and you just feel like oh, my mm. marriage is just not, you know, like it's just not the way it was. It's right. just not how it used to be. You're not alone. It's yeah. not just you. Like you're in really good company right. with like the many of us. And so that's why we're excited to talk about this and how yeah. we can give a little boost. Out of curiosity, heading yeah. into um, Valentine's Day. Yeah. Grace, are you a, like you, you hope Sam gives you Valentine's gift. You exchange Valentine's gifts. It's a thing for you guys or not so much? We used to. Uh, we totally used to like be so creative yeah. and come up with like actually think ahead of times. But then- Truly, like after having kids, right. it was like nothing. 
Yeah. It was like, like we're just like, oh, if we can get the kids to go to bed and we're in one piece and we could actually eat dinner. Right. That was That's like, good. that was success. That well, was all we did. You Rachel, know? And I, Rachel and I have never been big Valentine's people. It's never been a thing. How about you, Producer Chris? You and it, Tina? Yeah, for us, it's always kind of around the yeah. holiday right. instead of right on it. Yep. Sometimes it is, but it, it just flexes all the time. But yeah. we do yeah. make sure we celebrate oh. our love. Yeah. But I also appreciate, Grace, that you actually sourced that yeah. statistic because I never do. Yeah. I, 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 I throw stats out all the time. I've got a group of friends I surf with yeah. um, every Monday and Friday morning early. And afterwards, we go out for coffee every okay. single time. And we start talking about stuff. And yeah. I'm always saying, well, you know they say... <laughs> Well, you know, and one of my buddies always says, well, really? Well, how do you know? Oh, my God. Who, who's, who is they? they and every time I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> Somebody said Did, was that. Was it myself? Did I say that? Am but, I quoting myself? But great. I mean, because 90% of couples that report their, there's dissatisfaction in their marriage yeah. after they have kids. Mm-hmm. That's, their happiness it, goes down. Their happiness goes down. Mm-hmm. And if you couldn't source that, yeah. I would say that can't be true. Yeah. It can't be 90%. What I would be really interested in, and maybe maybe you can find it for an upcoming yeah, podcast, maybe. maybe not, but I would I would be interested in finding out, is it a super strong dip yeah. for the first six months because you're overwhelmed, right. you don't know what you're doing, you're scared, you're, I mean, you're giving... Yeah. Every waking moment mm-hmm. is to that newborn child, right? And then, right. As, and then in time, does the satisfaction quote, quotient, quote, quote, Quotient, Curve? quotient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The satisfaction quotient, does it start to right. go back up? Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Because certainly, mm-hmm. certainly not 90% of married couples are, and it doesn't say how much the dip is. Yes, right. Right. They're, 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 they're just less satisfied than they were before. Right. It doesn't say they went from A to an F. Yeah. They might have gone from an A to a B plus. Right. Well, maybe we have some of our listeners who are psychologists or researchers that might know that. Give us a little bit yeah, more insight. Give us into some that. more information. Email us. You know, drop a comment. Let us know and give us some um, source behind our yeah, research. Yeah, you know what's going on. Okay, tip number one: yes. how to so, boost your spark in our marriage. The boosting the spark <laughs> in our marriage. <laughs> All right. Okay, here we go. Tip number one that I have is to do small things often over grand gestures. Mm. So I think a lot of times um, when it comes to igniting the spark in our marriage, we often quit before we even start. And part of that, at least for me, is it's because we're thinking in order to have that spark in our marriage, it has to look like what it looked like before we had kids. Mm. And we're like, well, that's just not possible. Like, so why even bother trying? I'm too tired now. We're too busy. We have too many constraints. Like we have much less flexibility. So, so why even try to achieve an unattainable goal? Yeah. But one suggestion I'd like to give is to really rethink what a good connection looks like, looks like. And it doesn't have to be these grand gestures, romantic grand gestures, but rather little things done consistently. Mm. So there's some research, bringing up research again, <laughs> done by uh, Dr. John Gottman that shows that small actions practiced daily is actually the biggest predictor of keeping romance, intimacy, connection alive during this transition to parenthood. And I really like one of his quotes. He says, successful long-term relationships are created through small words, small gestures, and small acts. Mm. So they call this the golden rule of relationships, which is small things 
often. Okay. And it argues that it's really the small adjustments that you make in your relationships that have the greatest and biggest long-term impact over time. So practically speaking, um, one thing you could do with your spouse to ignite that spark is to make small emotional deposits every day. So I want to encourage our listeners, just imagine your spouse as a big, cute, round piggy bank. Hmm. And every day you're just hmm. just dropping in a penny. Sorry, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> big, cute, but cute, round piggy bank. Adorable, okay. you know, studly, whatever. Yeah. Piggy, piggy bank. bank, and you're just dropping in that penny. And it could be like a, a random text in the middle right. of the day, or maybe a little back rub while you walk by, or um, maybe a post-it note on the bathroom mirror that says, like, you're a hottie. Or uh, maybe it's giving a compliment. I mean, sometimes I have to think, like, when was the last time I actually gave a compliment to Sam? Like, right. we may not do that. Um, but the point is you can be creative. Yeah. It doesn't have to be big. Just start small, and I hope that those small things over time you'll find has made a really big difference. Yeah. Well, small things over time. I, my mind goes to the idea of like compound interest mm. financially. Oh, okay. Right. And the idea of compound interest is little investments over time. Yeah. And pretty soon it's almost like this snowball yeah. where the compounding interest, boom, 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 boom. Whereas if you wait until you're later on in life, you might put a bigger chunk of money in, yeah. but you don't get the same payoff right. as you would have. And I think maybe relationally it's the mm -hmm. same thing, right? It's you get the snowball and the compound effect yeah. of little things consistently. And most people, even I think people who in, in their love language, yeah. maybe their love language is gifts. Mm -hmm. I think most people who have the love language of gifts would probably re rather be given little gifts mm -hmm. consistently instead of, Hey, once every three years, I get your really There's cool big, gift. Grand, exactly. Expensive gift, yep. right. and, and as parents, we've all heard the, the horror stories of adult, a, a, adult children saying, you know, I never heard my parents say, I love you. Mm, yeah. And the parents saying, well, of course, you know, I love you. I, I right. bought you a car when you were 16. I paid for you to go to college. Right. right? Well, those are the big boulders. Mm. And most human beings would rather have consistent little pebbles yeah. of affection. So Grace's first tip is do small things often yeah. instead of grand gestures. Yes. Okay. Well, my, my first tip would be simply this is adjust the bar. Mm. Adjust the bar. You know, the reality is having kids changes things. And that first statistic is evidence of yeah. that. For 90% of the Absolutely. couples, and by the way, even the couples who said our marriage is awesome yeah. still, they would also say, although a lot of stuff has changed. Yes. The only reason that the 10% are probably still super satisfied yeah. in their marriage, my hunch would be they're working really, really extra hard yeah. to keep that mm. happiness factor, that contentment factor mm -hmm. in their marriage high because there's been so many changes, right? right? So what I mean by adjust the bar is... On the, I, I was I was going to say lower the bar, but I don't think you're lowering the mm. bar of your relationship, but you are sort of adjusting what the bar is. Mm. And it might be even like, okay, we're going to set different bars, right? The, the bar of what I expect date night to be mm -hmm. used to be this. I'm yeah. going to adjust the bar so that date night looks different mm. or the bar of how often we just had time alone for quality conversations. The bar used to be really high. I need to adjust the bar. Mm -hmm. So adjusting the bar is a different way of saying like manage your expectations. Yeah. 
of, of what that. your relationship looks like when you have kids, because having kids radically changes yes. what your relationship looks like. Um, I have a few close friends who are my age in their fifties who chose not to have children. Mm. They chose not to have mm-hmm. children and they would, they would say the reason or one of the main reasons we chose not to have kids was we sort of looked at our life mm-hmm. and the freedom we had mm. and our relationship and our finance. And we just decided we didn't want life to change mm. the way it would change if yeah. we had kids. Wow. Um, and so they, in, in their case, they, they, and this isn't wrong, yeah, right? Absolutely. Different values, but they decided we don't want to adjust the bar. Yeah. They were thoughtful about they it. Were they thoughtful actually about thought it. about it. <laughs> so I, my, my first tip would be adjust the bar of your various expectations yeah. in your relationship. I love that. I love that you pointed out that it's not lowering the bar because that does, that is the subconscious thought. It's like, right. okay, fine. I guess we'll, we'll settle. Right. We'll settle for something less than what it used to be. Right. And we'll just have to be happy with it. Well, different isn't always worse, yeah, right? D- exactly. Different can oftentimes be better. Yeah. We just don't, we don't know because we've always done what we, you know, what we've always done yeah. and different can actually be really better. Or if it may not be like quantifiably mm-hmm. better, the reality is anytime we do something a little bit different than we have in the past, it's good for us. Yeah. It keeps our flexibility muscles mm-hmm. being exercised so we don't become too rigid yeah. in, well, this is how we always do date night. Yeah, exactly. This is how we always spend time together. This is how I always, mm. this is what I always do. You know, when I, when, before Rachel and I had kids, I, I, don't, I can't remember, but, you know, it would have been <laughs> really easy for me to say, I always go out to a movie with my friends on Monday night. Right. And Rachel would be, I love that because I get alone time. Yeah. But, you know, you have yeah. kids, all of a sudden you're always has to shift. Yeah. Now I go see a movie when I can with my friends, but that's okay. It's not worse. It's just different. Yeah. And that's really encouraging because I do think we are afraid of change. Yeah. Like it's the unknown and we're comfortable with how we are. And I don't know. I don't want things to change. It was good as it was. And maybe it could be better, right. but we're still scared of it. Right? right. Because it's changed. So that's a really good point. Appreciate that. So small things over time instead of grand gestures, adjust the bar. All right. Should Number we move three. on to next tip? So this is a little, I try to be a, a what's the word? A little poetic here. But um, my tip here is repel resentment by gardening for gratitude. Okay. Wow. So, <laughs> that is poetic. I, I repel resentment yeah. by gardening for gratitude. for gratitude. Okay. So let me, let me try to explain what I mean. So I think one of the common traps that at least Sam and I have fallen into in marriage once you have kids is scorekeeping. It's like, who's doing more? Well, I did this. Well, what did you do? You know? Um, and I think this keeping a tally may come from, you know, just being exhausted, but oftentimes it could come from feeling unappreciated, unsupported, mm. sleep mm. deprived. And all of that is so understandable. But what's so dangerous about scorekeeping is that it can so quickly lead to resentment and a much more critical vocabulary in your relationship. And just those things, um, resentment and criticisms are just so, it's just like Mm, poison ivy to a relationship. The more you touch it, the more it spreads, the more it gets inflamed, the more it gets irritated. And it just is, is just really toxic for the relationship. Um, Sam and I have definitely fallen into this, maybe a little bit more me than Sam. I've def, I've literally said these words in fights in multiple different variations, like, well, 
Slano, you're not going to appreciate it. I think I'm just going to have to keep track of myself, you know, since you're not seeing me, right. Sam, and since yeah. you're not appreciating everything that I bring. Well, I just want you to know today I did this, this and this and this and this. OK, so don't give me grief. You know, it's right. like it's like it can get really intense. And I think looking back on those arguments in those seasons, part of it is that Sam and I just bring different strengths and interests to the parenting you know, a uh, tag team. Sam is much more practical. He's methodical. He's consistent. He'll do the dishes consistently. He'll take out the trash. I really appreciate all this. And I'm a little more loosey goosey. Right. <laughs> but I'll be researching like activities my kids could do. I'll do night duty. I'll talk to them about their problems and how the school day went. And I think when we're both tired, and we don't feel like the other side is appreciating what we bring to the table, which is different. And or we feel like the other side is not focusing on what we're focusing on right. and they should be. It can very quickly lead to like resentment and like bitterness. Hmm. So I think one of the best things that have helped us in those situations is to garden for gratitude. And, and I say that phrase purposely um, because I really like that image of gardening. Uh, the work that goes into it, because I think for the longest time, I always felt like, oh, being thankful for your spouse should just come naturally. Like, if I don't feel thankful, well, it's because the person just didn't do anything right. to make me feel thankful about right. it. It's just like, if I feel it, I feel it. If I don't, I don't. What's what's more to it than that? But what I've learned over the years is gratitude is a habit. Mm. Like, you have to nurture it. You have to pay attention to it. It's that idea that what you focus on is what grows, and we always have a choice on what to focus on. Right. And so um, that's made a big difference. I, and I really like talking about Dr. Gottman again. He encourages couples to catch your partner doing something right. Mm. And once you catch it, verbalize it. Right. So this past year, one of Sam's um, New Year's resolutions was to write me a thank you note every day. Sometimes he didn't. And I was like, hey, where's my thank you note? But most of the days he did. And they weren't these like grand long letters. They were literally just one line. You know, thanks for talking to Zoe today when she was upset. Or, wow, thanks for all the research on rugs you did on Amazon, <laughs> which I did. Um, and so it wasn't this fancy thing, but it really did start to boost, um, you know, the affection and the connection right. in our marriage. Right. Yeah. Well, and you talked about gratitude as a habit. Yeah. Right. And you don't develop a habit. Unless you do it yeah, over and over and over and over that's again. That's right, right? Yeah. So, Well, my tip is very similar. It's not nearly as poetic. <laughs> but you, you kind of danced around mm -hmm. um, my exact tip. And my, my second tip is to practice the art of contentment. Mm. Practice the art of contentment. Specifically, refuse to compare. That would be, I mean, I, that could have been actually the tip is just refuse to compare, but yeah. um, contentment's huge. Mm. And lack of contentment is a relationship killer. Mm. It's a relationship killer. Um, you know, when they, here I go with my, when they, I don't have any stats to back this up. <laughs> Sorry, you have your Chris. life experiences. Um, I do. But when they <laughs> talk to married couples and, and they look at the, like the causes for divorce and it's, it's oftentimes financial differences mm -hmm. financially, mm -hmm. you know, like they argue about finances. It can be sexual struggles. Yeah. It can be, but a lot of it, the, the beneath that layer mm -hmm. is somebody's discontented. Mm. Right. We can't agree financially because one of us isn't content with our current financial situation. Mm. One of us spends more or, or causes us to go into debt or 
is always expecting bigger, better vacations or whatever, spends right. money without talking to me about it. <laughs> right. But there's a contentment thing. The sexual struggles, con- there's yeah. a contentment, right? I'm discontented because I have these expectations. Mm. And the thing that I, I think what kills contentment quickest mm. is comparison. Mm. When you compare, wow, their marriage, they have yeah. kids, and it seems like they're still in the 10% of super yeah. happy couples, right. right? They have kids, and they they figure out how to go on a date night twice mm-hmm. a week. They have kids, and and he still manages to to do the to mow the lawn mm-hmm. every Saturday. They have kids, and she still keeps a clean house, whatever, whatever yeah. the case may be, right? And uh, the problem with comparing is you don't know the whole story. Mm-hmm. You know your whole story. Yeah. But you don't know their whole story. So you're comparing all the stuff that you know about yourself, Mm -hmm. much of it you're unhappy with or struggling with, and you compare it with the shiny, sparkly Mm -hmm. part of somebody else that you know. But you don't know where, you know, just because they're not struggling to go on a date night doesn't mean they're not struggling in eight other areas in their marriage. Right. right? And so when, when we compare, we almost always lose and that it chips, comparing chips away at our, at our ability to be con- contentment and don't, don't compare like just the, the, how are you navigating this new child? Mm. How are you navigating all, all the Good. things like, man, I'm just, uh, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. So now I'm talking more personally. The yeah. first don't compare is don't compare your marriage stuff. Right. This this goes into the personal thing. Why am I so overwhelmed mm. as a mom? My friends don't seem overwhelmed. Yeah. I go on Instagram and everybody with new babies looks perfectly happy and content, <laughs> right? And you're like, yeah. Never cry. Right, yeah, don't, yeah, don't go on Instagram. <laughs> um, or as a dad, why am I struggling to connect mm. with my seven-year-old daughter? Mm. My buddy has an amazing relationship with his seven-year-old daughter, yeah. right? We can learn from each other. Right. If you're struggling to connect or you're, or, you're, or you're overwhelmed, there's places to go for help and there's resources. And you don't want to stay in a state of overwhelmness. Yeah. You don't want to stay in a state of I'm, I'm disconnected from my seven-year-old daughter. But just don't compare. Yeah. Because when you compare, you you become discontent. Mm. Um, so yeah. that, would be, that would be my second tip. So, so far, if yeah. you're keeping score at home, <laughs> do small things instead of big gestures. Grand gestures. Adjust the bar, repel resentment by being a gardener for gratitude. <laughs> nice. Thankfulness is a habit. Yeah. Thankfulness is a habit. Yeah. And practice the art of contentment. Nice. And by the way, contentment does not mean you don't aim to get better. Mm-hmm. Contentment isn't lazy. Yeah. Contentment isn't meant to be like, oh, just status quo. Hey, come on, Grace, why are you so upset with Sam? You know, he sits <laughs> on the couch all day, but be happy, be content. That's not what contentment right. is. Yeah. Contentment is really sort of making the best of your current situation mm. and trusting, right, that God's the giver of all things. God's the giver of all things. And, and he gives us everything we need. Yeah. And it's okay in, in, in our content state to also say, but where can I be a little better? Yeah. Where, where might we grow? Wanting to strive to be a better parent isn't discontentment. Right. 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 That's a good point. My, my hunch is, you know, you're discontent when you, you know it, when you feel it. Yeah. You, you, you know it when you feel it. Yeah. And that's so, such a good encouragement because it's sort of like we get caught in this spiral mm. and maybe we actually think that that's helping us, but it's not like if we're comparing, like we're always like, Oh, what can, why is this other person, this other family, these other parents doing it so much better, but none of that actually makes you better. Right. Like it just keeps putting you down. Right. It keeps making you discouraged. Yeah. And so I love that distinction you make too, that 
finding that contentment doesn't mean staying with the status quo, right. but it's also not getting stuck in this loop where you're just always thinking um, negatively about yourself and positively about other people right. and just staying in that rut. Right. Right. Yeah, that's great. Okay, four down, two to go. All right, two to go. Okay, my next one is prioritize date nights. And this is important, don't feel bad about it. Mm. So I will say regular date nights, I think can be a real boost to marriage. And I totally can hear what some maybe parents with young kids are saying, it's, it's not possible. It's impossible. We can't do it. It's not possible. And I totally understand. But what I will say is try, just yeah. try. Like you might be surprised how much you can pull off if you're actually trying versus just saying you can't do it from the get-go. So it's like whipping out the calendar, look out a month ahead and just pick like one day. Is there yep. one day in the next 30 days that we can mark off and just, you know, kind of distinguish as a date night. And of course, you know, you can be pretty flexible and adapt to what season you're in. Um, for a, for a while, um, date nights with salmon, uh, me where as soon as the kids went to bed, we'd watch the one show we had in common, which was Shark Tank for 30 minutes. Oh, I love Shark Tank. Yeah, you do? So I, do I. I, yeah. watch, I, I, I watch reruns. Oh, me too. <laughs> even though I know the outcome. Yeah. Like, I know he's going to get a deal with Mark I Cuban, but I, know, I watch it anyway. I, I so much fun. I'm like, oh my gosh, they didn't get them a deal? Anyway, that'll be the one show that we watch. And then, um, and that was it. Um, and then as the kids got older, we were able to actually go out to a restaurant. That was a right. really big change for us or a big deal. Um, when our kids were in this extracurricular activity every Wednesday from like 630 to 8. So we were like, we're going to meet during that time. And before after we drop them off and before we pick them up, we're going to mm -hmm. find a restaurant and eat. And now we've been able to um, go on like away trips, like a couple days, maybe right. two days, two nights or two days, one night and leave the kids at home. Um, but the main thing I want to say about this tip is that as you prioritize and as you have to make the effort and the work to prioritize date nights is don't feel bad about it. Um, I think there might be some parents who are like, oh, yeah, I don't I don't feel bad at all. Like, pff, I'll leave my kids, you know, with the sitter all the time. But I think there are probably more parents that would feel a little bit guilty trying to put so much effort into just having fun with your spouse right. without your kids. Um, and that message might even come from your kids. Like your kids might be like, what? Oh, I remember this one time with um, Sam and I, we were going to the movies and our daughters were like, oh, what? You're going to the movie theater without us? Like, oh, that's not fair. That's not, we're, we wanna have fun too. And we were totally able to say, oh, yes, absolutely. Mom mom and dad or dad and I, are we're going to go and watch a movie. It's really important for mom and dad to spend time together. It doesn't mean that we don't love you. And also loving you doesn't mean that we only spend time with you. It's right. actually really important right. that mom and dad take care of each other. And that's what's best yeah. for the family. Yeah. And I think that, you know, they took that really well. And. And the last thing I'll say about this is it's actually such a tremendously healthy thing to model for your kids, that loving them does not mean neglecting the marriage. And that and, and it doesn't mean that a, a good, healthy family doesn't mean having the world revolve around them, right. that it's important to invest 
in ourselves as parents. And ultimately, that actually um, helps the kids have greater stability, yeah. more emotional health and awareness. And it's just a worthy investment. So don't yeah. feel bad. Well, that that segues right into my final tip. Okay, and great. And my, my final tip is refuse to make your entire world revolve around mm. your children. Refuse to yeah. make your entire world revolve around your kids. That's good. It's unhealthy, right? Yeah. Um, force yourself. You got. You have to force yourself as yeah. parents to be selfish once in a while. Yeah. Because really, it's not being selfish. Right. G- going on a date night is not being selfish. Making sure you're you're still stretching before bed or whatever, right? Yeah. Is not being selfish. Um, it's okay to look after you. Absolutely, mom. It's okay to look after you, dad. Um, cause healthy parenting, you can't, you can't parent mm-hmm. from a, from a dry well, Yeah. right? You, you can't give what you, what you don't have. And so if you're not taking care of yourself mm-hmm. and, and being willing to be, to be a little bit selfish mm-hmm. once in a while, Hey, I got, I got to get some me time, right? That's okay. Everybody has to have some me time. So moms, it's okay to say, Hey, you, you put the kids in, you take care of from dinner on tonight because I have to take a long bath or I have to take a long walk or go on a jog or go, go have coffee with my best friend or whatever the case may be. That's okay. You you have to force yourself to be selfish every, every once in in a while. Um, I, I think I've used that. Did I, did I talk about my new phrase, Karen? Like, Oh, you did. It came up before. Yeah. Sometimes parents, like helicopter parents, yeah. Uber parents, the highly overly involved parents, um, that develops mm. kind of over time because we've allowed our entire mm-hmm. identity, our entire world to be mm. wrapped up in our kids, right? And so we are going to be, we're all in mm-hmm. with mm-hmm investing in them, sticking up for them. Why'd they get a B on the math test instead of an A and we call the school, and, right? And I, what does that have to do with raising kids with a lot, right? Because yeah. if you, if you allow yourself to say our entire world now is our mm-hmm. children, you'll neglect other relationships. You'll neglect your, your, your spouse and you'll over parent or you'll at least have mm-hmm. the potential to over parent, to uber parent, to, to tiger parent, right? Yeah. To mama bear, yeah. all the words to parent yeah. your, your, your kids mm-hmm. in a way that is actually a little bit unhealthy. So, um, wow. Six That's tips, yeah. six tips. Can we, can we plow through them by memory real quick? Okay. 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 What's the first one? The f- That's mine. So I can do this one. Small things over grand gestures, small things regularly over grand gestures. Yep. Adjust the bar, adjust the bar, repel resentment by gardening for gratitude. Practice the art of contentment. Go on date nights, prioritize them, and don't feel bad about it. And refuse to let your world revolve around your kids. Wow. Not easy. None of those are easy. But if you can just maybe pick one or two, Mm -hmm. there might be, if you're listening to the podcast, there's probably one or two of those that jump off the page. Right. That you go, oh gosh, that's that's, that's one I can work on. Great. Yeah. Right. It's not about being perfect. We're in a series at our church right now. Yes. Right. It's not about being, it's not about being perfect. It's about being better. Actually, yes. that was our last, that was our previous series at our church. I, anyway, yeah. but we, we just did a whole series at our church on, yeah. you know, have to be perfect, Yeah. but you do want to take little steps to get better, to get better. and better yeah. and better. So, well, Hey everybody, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. We hope you have a fantastic week. Bye everyone. Thanks for joining the On Purpose Parents podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us by rating and reviewing our podcast on iTunes. 
If you're listening on our Saddleback Parents YouTube channel, please like and leave a comment. Also, remember to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. You can connect with us by texting the word parents to the number 83000, following us on Instagram at Saddleback Parents, and emailing your comments to parents at saddleback.com. As a huge thank you, you can browse our hundreds of free resources at onpurposeparents.com, all created to help you win at parenting. We'll catch you next time.